I'm Chad Sanders. I'm Julie Bowen, and this is Quitters. This week, Chad and I get to talk to Ariel Winter. She is one of my fake daughters, as I call them, from the Dunphy family on Modern Family. You know her as Alex. I know her as Ariel. And she is an amazingly talented, funny, smart, smart, smart young woman who grew up in the public eye and is now kind of reckoning with that. Is it Ariel or Ariel? Because I heard it said many different ways. She's very flexible with it. I remember asking her when she was much younger, how is your name pronounced? And she said the letter R and the letter E. Okay. She's very chill about it. And it was great to talk to her today. I was really excited to see her. So I don't know a lot of people like her. She basically is a child star. Huge. Yeah. She felt pretty guarded. She was a kid in an adult business, and I worried about her more then, how tough she was. And now I see a young woman who is allowing herself to explore in whatever increments feel right to her, being vulnerable. And I think she's doing great. It looks less bouncy. It looks a little bit more guarded. And to me, it means she's on her path. She's on her journey. She's doing her thing to get to where she needs to go. How do you think of her? Do you think of her as a colleague, a friend, a daughter? I feel protective of her like a sister. In our chat today, she talks about this bifurcation that at work, she's a real pleaser. Mm. Whereas in her own personal life, she can be less confrontation averse. She's grown up in the public eye. She's been sliced, diced, and served up to millions of people. She's not eager, rightly so, to dish her shit. And I think it's a really great thing that she's taking a step towards having a private life now. Mm. Yeah, it was interesting to talk to someone who has never had really an inner private life. I mean, she has one, but she has never had only that for as long as she's lived because she started in this at four. That's kind of going to be a part of how a lot of people are now because of the internet, because of social media, not to the extent of her as a star, obviously, but Mm. every person's life is going to be video documented from their first breath. Right. And I just think we're going to have to figure out how to nurture ourselves if that's going to be the case. The pendulum has swung very far in one direction, you know, about not shaming people. And I like where we are with it when it comes to women and women's bodies. When in doubt, shut the fuck up. And I feel like Ariel really was backing that up today and saying, I'm not going to participate in that conversation anymore. Mm. Part of our conversation was that she used the term grandfathered in. I think your reaction to it was to do the thing that you thought was right, which was to call it out. It was almost like watching you as Julie Bowen librarian. There was like a file cabinet and you were like, wait, I know I heard that this is not okay to say. I was worried that it was not okay to say and that you wouldn't ding her on it, which is understandable. But then I didn't actually know why it was supposed to be bad. (laughs) I'm pulling the thread on it because it's such a unique and specific phenomenon. And I would say not even unique to blackness, but like... I didn't register it at all. I use that term and it doesn't mean anything or do anything to me. But when you called it out, there's this thing that can happen where someone else is trying to be a defense agent for your humanity in the moment on something that didn't bother you. That's valid. I genuinely also was like, shit, I know I'd read about this not being a word that we should be using so casually. There was nothing to have worried about. And sometimes I feel protective of you too. I appreciate that. And I bet if we found the origin of offense over this particular term, I bet it's a white person. Because I think now we have reached a point where I do believe 
white people are inventing new ways that minorities should be offended and using them to levy power over each other. I know that that's happening. I see it. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm good with it. And I'm good with you. I'm good with you, too. So with that, we give you Quitters, Aria Winter. Welcome to Quitters, Ariel, where we talk about quitting shit and how it makes us better. Perfect. Chad, Ariel just had one of her biggest quits ever. She just quit L.A. Like a child actor transitioned to teen actor to adult actress. She quit L.A. She packed up a U-Haul and her dogs and left town. I'd been talking to my sister. She's always wanted to move. And she was asking me about my five-year plan. And my boyfriend and I, we were like in Yauntville going to a film festival. And I was on the phone with her and I was like, I don't have one. I love you, but I'm not a five-year plan person. And she was like, but I want to move here. We've always talked about maybe moving here. And I want us to live near each other, which I was like, absolutely. I don't want to live far from you, but I don't know a five-year plan. I don't have a three-year plan. I don't have a five-year plan. And then she was like, but your house would sell for so much more and everything is just crazier here, blah, blah, blah. And so I got off the phone and I did a quick little search and people have always been like, you don't like LA, why don't you move? And well, I mean, where else would I go? I've never lived anywhere else. I'm from LA. I just don't know what would I do. And then I just randomly looked and decided why not. And so I decided within a week and a half to move. Mm. We sold our cars, got an Escalade to fit all the dogs for the drive. I put my house on the market, sold my house. We just went back and got the rest of our stuff. It was hard for me to decide that just because I'm leaving everybody I know in California. I have family in Virginia. It's a quick flight to California. And I had to remind myself that if I don't like it somewhere, I can leave. You have a little Virginia in your voice. Are your parents from the South? No, my dad was born in Germany and my mom in Greece. Okay. My family lives in Virginia, though. You have a lot of grown up pieces of your life. You sold a house already. You bought a new house. You have six dogs. You have an Escalade like Tony Soprano. I'm very (laughs) much admiring how much adulting that just happened to you in the last year and a half. Are you tired? Oh, I'm exhausted. This is the first time I put on concealer. I got up today and I looked at my eyes and I said, not today. But I'm exhausted because I really did decide this within a week and a half. So I have been out of California a month and a half, two months now. And I had already flown and figured out where I was going to live and everything within that week and a half. So it was pretty crazy. Ariel, understandably, does not wish the world to know where she lives. So could we call it like Townville? Yes, Townville. You've been very specific and out in front of this, wanting people to not know where you live. Can you tell us why? Yeah, part of the reason I always hated LA was because I have been followed by paparazzi for a very long portion of my life. Mm. And Mm. I really, really dislike having my space invaded. I don't like pictures of me when I haven't signed up for pictures of me. I don't like feeling watched. I've always just wanted to live a very, very normal life, just have a normal existence. And I never really felt like I could do that in LA. Everywhere I went, someone's taking my picture. And I'm just not that type of person. Fame and all that's never been something that I have any interest in. I just wanted to live as normal of a life as I could. Ariel, are you concerned, though, that in, again, Townville, you might be the most (laughs) interesting person? This is what I always say to friends of mine who want to move out of LA because they don't want their kids going to quote unquote, Hollywood schools. If you move to 
Townville, you'll be the only movie star and everyone will watch your every move. While here, you get absorbed a little bit. Where I live in Townville, a lot of people are moving. So I won't be the only industry person where I live. Okay. But I also don't mind that. I really haven't been around a lot of people who aren't somehow connected to the industry. It's a really different existence and very different friend groups and the conversations are different. Everything's different. And so I don't really mind. I don't really feel like I got swallowed up in LA behind any of the other people. I was always a target to find negative things about me. It never really was like I got absorbed in the mix of all the other people they were taking pictures of. There was always somebody that was dedicated to finding negativity. (laughs) We used to talk about this a lot when you were growing up. You grew up with social media. You grew up in the public eye. You literally developed in front of the public, which could not have been fun. But I remember saying to you many times, don't post anything. Don't do that. You don't want that. Don't put a picture. And you're like, zero fucks to give. Before quitting LA altogether for Townville, was there ever a moment where you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to quit looking. I'm going to quit looking at the social media because I have a no Googling myself policy. Did you ever try quitting that first or is it just that the photographers themselves are so invasive? I think it's honestly just the feeling of being watched, that everything I'm doing is being scrutinized, even if I don't read the article. Mm -hmm. It's really not even about me seeing the article and feeling down about it. It's literally just that there's an article about me doing everyday things out there. I don't feel comfortable walking my dog down the street. If my dog gets off leash, I can't be like, Chloe, what the fuck? Get back here. It's going to be Ariel Winter, rescue advocate, screaming and abusing dog when really it's like I'm trying to get my dog to not get hit in the street. Everything normal that I would do, it's not going to stay normal. To everybody else, there's going to be something that comes out that is aggressive or negative about me. It's really just about the feeling of not being comfortable to do normal things where I am. So it feels like a different thing here that I'm maybe going to get to live some of the young adult that I haven't really been able to live. You kind of feel like someone who has adulted for a really long time. So I want to talk about the sweet life that you're in now. But I want to ask one more question about paparazzi. When you say it feels, I think you said, sort of unsafe to just do normal stuff. Is it the physical presence of actual human beings following you around and snapping photos Is it the mental taxation of knowing that there's going to be something out there that's your image, that a story is going to be told that's not true about you? Is it the combination? For someone who has never experienced that feeling, what is the thing that makes it so fucked up? Honestly, all of it. Yeah. (laughs) If that makes sense, it's all of it. Mm -hmm. I had a really public case like 10 years ago. And that started why they were following me. And the things that got said to me on a daily basis as they followed me, it was like 30 people. It was really traumatic to have that on me all the time. And at that point, it was the physical presence. As I got older and that calmed down and now it was just, oh, let's follow what she does now to see her fuck up. Mm. It's like being in high school and having everybody be like, fall, fall. You fell! And then they take a picture of it. Mm. It's just, I know I can't do the exact same thing that everybody else does because somehow it's going to be wrong and negative and it's just lies. And it's kind of the principle for me to be, haha, you're not going to get shit about me. What I want to put out there is what is going to be put out there. I've never wanted everyone to know everything about my life. I'm not a particularly open person. You'd like to have a private life. I want to have privacy and I've never really had privacy to just live my life, to live my existence. And if you've never had it, is there a scary unknown about having it at all for you? Not at all. It's so exciting (laughs) and so awesome and so relaxing. And there's so many possibilities. It's just so different. 
And it's not scary at all. It makes me so happy to know that life is just going to be the way I'd always hoped it would be and that I can always come back to LA. I got a job in LA as soon as I moved here. And so I went back, but it didn't change my mind. You know, I'll have to get an apartment in LA and I'll just go back and forth for my job. Hopefully it goes. That'd be awesome. But it still didn't change me. Did your sister move to Townville as well? She can't write this minute. She was definitely sad that it was her idea. And then I actually did it. I was going to say, she pitched the ball and then you're the only one that hit it. Yeah. She was pretty sad. And I was like, I get it, but I'm happy with this choice. I feel like it's going to give me what I want. I used to see you every day and I don't see you as much anymore at all. And I hate that. But when you were younger, I always thought you genuinely were like, I have zero fucks to give. You can say about me whatever you want. Something changed for you then. Something moved in you. And what was that that led to this quitting L.A.? It's hard because when I was younger, I said that, but it was mainly to make myself believe it. It was kind of like I didn't really care and I still posted what I wanted to post, but it still bugged me. I just didn't want to have to not say what I wanted to say or not post what I wanted to post because of other people. But it's not the things people said. It's really just that I don't want the opportunity for anybody to say anything, I guess. I don't want the opportunity for good or bad unless I put it out there. Right. I did care when I was younger because I got a lot of fat slut comments. And so that wasn't awesome. That was the worst. Those bugged me. I did a lot of change me things that didn't ever work. And then once I got 18, I realized every time I changed me, there was still something new that they hated about me. And I was just like, all right, so they're never going to be happy. It is what it is. As I got older, I kind of got out of giving a shit. And I've been in therapy for 10 years. So we got bigger fish to fry than that. It is what it is. But I don't think that really was the basis of me leaving. I think I literally was just, oh my God, a chance for new, a chance for me to put myself in an uncomfortable situation and only uncomfortable because I have never lived anywhere else in my life, ever. I am born and raised in LA. People that I love are in LA. I have people I love here too, but my people are in LA. So that was the only hard thing, but I don't go out of my comfort zone very often. There were many reasons to move outside of, I don't want stories about me. It was just a shift in me of going, I want to start a new chapter. Do you know who you are without LA? Or do you feel like you're about to learn who you are in a new way? I think we're always in a constant state of figuring out who we are. I'm only 24. So I think it would be false to say I know exactly who I am. I've always had a stronger sense of self since I was a little girl. So maybe have a stronger sense of self than maybe some people my age. I think LA Me only existed from 14 to 18. Mm. That was the first time I had gone to school. I had never gone to school before that. I had gone to kindergarten and that was it. And so I was homeschooled. And then it was high school and it was the small mean girl stage, probably until I was 19, 20. I never want to hurt somebody, but mean comments and critical jokes can be funny. And when you're trying to figure out making friends and whatever, because I had a hard time making friends my age because I had always been friends with adults, even as an 11-year-old. So I think I went through a time of figuring out that And I think that maybe was a little bit of the LA me for that period of time. And now I think this is just more finding peace and growing into who I am without it being tied to a place. Is there anyone in particular that you want to be? I want to be just a good person. Really, that's it. That's like the bottom line. The main thing for me in my life is personal successes, the next growth that I can reach for myself and take care of the things that I care about. I want to be the person who rescues every dog in the world. You know, I want to be the person who does good things, not the person who's remembered for the outfit they wore. A peaceful person, I guess, finding peace within myself. That's exactly what I'm hearing. There's this trajectory 
of ultimately for you to carve out the space where you don't have to be strong all the time. Yeah. As I'm learning, I've always been like strong, strong. And that ultimately to be a full human, it means being vulnerable and have those moments where you feel vulnerable and less strong and have other people take care of you if that's necessary in those moments. Is that part of the journey? Yeah, absolutely. I've never been a particularly vulnerable person. Before I came on here, I was thinking, what if I quit really? It never occurred to me quitting LA, but it makes sense. But I was trying to think of things I quit. And then I was like, well, I have things I'm trying to quit. I'm trying to quit spending all my time fixing other people's problems and start fixing mine. Mm. I'm never regretful of me spending that time trying to help anyone or change their lives. It just then I go, oh, I really need to work on me. But the vulnerability is something that I have struggled with my whole life. It has been something that I have been working on aggressively because it doesn't only affect me, it affects everybody around me and especially people I'm in a relationship with. So that is something that I am exploring. That is vulnerable in its own way. And I know that being vulnerable is hard for you. And I think that one of the greatest challenges I'm learning as I get older is being imperfect, being vulnerable, having days where you just, not today, man. I had one of these days last week. I had gotten in an argument with one of my sons and it was really tough. I have three teenagers now and just cried and cried and cried because I thought I was a terrible mother and terrible this. I went down the spiral and just to not think that day, it's self-contained. The ink doesn't have to spread all over the entire calendar, which is the way I think of it. Oh no, you've let the weakness in. And that's really immature thinking on my part. So it's really hard to give yourself the space to be imperfect and vulnerable. I think it's hard for everybody to realize that we're never going to be perfect, no matter how hard we try. And that's good to realize that because it is just fact. And I think for me, the vulnerability has always been that I've never taken that time for me. So I never really even gave it space. It was just always helping other people and the vulnerability lessons I needed to give myself, I was giving everybody else. And again, I love it. I was getting a lot of pushback, especially in my relationship, that vulnerability was a big issue. In your current relationship, can we say that? This one specifically. I mean, my boyfriend and I, we were best friends for years and years before we started dating. And we went through so many things together. But really, in hindsight, when you look at it, he went through so many things to me. I was always helping him through so many things. And everybody always wanted to get more from me, but I was never willing to give about me. I was always willing to absorb everyone's things and wanting to help them, but I never reciprocated in this relationship. We know each other so well now, and we have such an open dialogue with that. It really was asking me really hard questions and me being like, oh, well, this is uncomfortable and either answering or not. And then really having it push forward. This is deep. I really bad anxiety. I can be a negative person. I look at the world really really jaded and really critically. And that's because I wasn't really spending the time to work on my issues to realize that's not everybody. That was just what happened to me from certain people. Is it worth it? I mean, it's really difficult. What it was is actually discussing my experiences. I'd always discussed how experiences had hurt me or changed me. I couldn't really have emotion. Why? What made them unsafe? It really was. I just had never accessed my emotions. I blocked out so much of my life that emotions were not really available to me. I always had emotions for other people. And on screen. Well, I started to have issue with that as I got older. I have a hard time connecting to me. And so it's hard to connect to anything else when you can't connect to yourself. You said people throwing fat slut stuff at you when you were younger. Mm. There is so much attention and I don't even know what to call it, energy projected at your body specifically. Mm. As the person living on the other side of it, as the subject of it, 
how has that landed on you and how has that changed how you move around the world and how you see yourself? It was really difficult. It's still really difficult, but now in a different way. It's just really difficult for me to accept that people feel comfortable doing that. When I was younger, it was really hard for me to accept that I looked the way they thought I looked. I can't believe I'm not skinny and tall like this Victoria's Secret model. Like that sucks. Mm. And I've gotten advice over the years and my boyfriend's mom, we were talking because I'm a jealous person, but it comes out of fear. I don't trust really. I was talking to her and I was telling her that. And she was like, look, there's always going to be someone skinnier, thicker. There's always going to be someone taller, someone smarter, prettier. And really, it's not about that. You are never going to be the pinnacle of what you think you need to be because you don't need to be that. And it really sat. But as an adult now, what really bugs me about what came to me is I have nieces that age now, 12, 13. And it's really devastating to me to see the trickle-down effect of it, to see how it's happening now and to see them experiencing the same fears and uncomfortability with themselves that I did. Even if it's on a smaller scale, it doesn't matter. And there are some parents who have the best intentions, but there's a lot of comments around like, oh, doesn't she look great? She lost a little bit of weight because the kid wants to lose weight. And that Mm -hmm. makes me sad because it's not just the adult saying it. It's the kid being like, I'm fat, so I have to lose weight. And the immediate thing that person says to that kid is, well, you look great. Yeah, you've lost a few pounds. And it just really makes my heart hurt because... That's not important. It's reinforcing that they have to be something else. Yeah, that you have to be this to feel pretty. Your body, your femininity, your womanhood, everything about you was put front and center in tabloids and on display as a byproduct of doing something that I think you love doing, acting. You're very good at it. Do you love doing it? Yeah, I think there's a negativity that surrounds it just because I started when I was really young. Right. And I had negative experiences growing up with it. But I think now as an adult, it's a whole different thing and a whole different appreciation and interest in it. One of the arguments that's out there just globally is you signed up for it. You signed up to be looked at. You want this. This is a byproduct. As a matter of fact, it's not even a byproduct. It's probably the thing you wanted most was to be followed, photographed, commented on. What do you say to that? Not everybody feels the same about everything. And there's different areas and and facets of the industry. And not everybody who wants to create a character wants to be that character outside of where that character lives. Mm -hmm. And just because you sign up to be on a TV show, you signed up to be on a show that people watch. That's your character. And yes, you sign up to going to some events, but nobody signs up to have their daily life invaded, their kids invaded, everything about them invaded. Some people do, and that's the problem. Right, but that's what I'm saying. There's different facets. I don't want to judge that. Good for them if they're okay with that. It just should be okay for people to not want that. Instead of it being this lump sum, like if you're in the public eye, then we own your every bad photo. And I agree because then you have social media stars and people whose entire existence is about being seen, is about being in the public eye. Just because you signed up to be an actor doesn't mean you signed up for the fame game. I'm going to take the role of the everyman listening to the two of you here, which is to say... For you, Julie, as an example, because you've been in this for like 30 years at this point, maybe longer. But it was different when I started. There wasn't digital film. Everything changed when everything went digital. It used to be who's going to waste their actual film on 
following everybody around. It wasn't a cottage industry. Mid-2000s, around Britney Spears, they made so much money getting that bad shot. You could just do this all day long. It's basically free. And there were networks of these guys, and they had the black SUVs. They'd all be up on Mulholland outside of that area where she lived. So if she left, they would get on a radio to each other, and then they would just descend There was not such a payday for getting that ugly picture because the press wouldn't run them because there was a certain degree of we don't do that. And then it became get the ugly shot. It's worth so much money. So I diverted because, yeah, I've been in the public eye, but Ariel literally is a digital native. Even though she's been an actress since she was four, she became a young woman on Modern Family, which was a very big show. And Every single thing she did was thrust into the public eye. She had to go through personal shit in public and pretend that it didn't bother her. Like, I saw that at work. She's like, I'm fine. Nobody could be fine. Someone who's listening to both of you talk about it this way might say, well, when you realize that your acting career was working, what also came with it was all this other shit that you don't want you could have made the decision at that point to do something else or try something else. And what follows from that is, are you doing something that is harmful to yourself by continuing to steer into this path? But what you just said is revelatory for me because you just shared with me that basically you were already in this path when the industry shifted around you. And Ariel was four. I mean, she didn't really even have a conscious choice to be a part of this thing. You often hear celebrities complain about the pain that comes with the glory of this thing. Is that a self-inflicted pain if people continue to push themselves in their career, push themselves further into the limelight, further to the top? It depends on how they engage with it. That's why I was asking the question about Ariel quit L.A. for Townville, fictional town somewhere in the United States of America, TM. (laughs) Before quitting that, did she consider or try or what's her relationship to social media, the Internet? I have the no Google policy. And we talked about this with Ty Burrell. Ariel, do you remember his Game of More? When Modern Family first came out, it was like, accolades, accolades. And at the end of the Google page, it's like, more? And you're like, yes, please. Until finally you hit that one that's like, and Julie Bowen's postpartum stomach looks like a sagging pumpkin melting in the sun kind of thing. You're like, ah, why did I keep looking? Why am I playing the game of more until it hurts? For me, and my therapist disagrees, by the way, the best choice I can make is not to engage with it at all. And my therapist would say the healthiest thing is to not give a shit. It's really hard to not give a shit. (laughs) But the reality is I can't look because I care and it'll hurt me. I like doing my job and I don't like that shit. So I'm not going to look. Honestly, I think people who still don't understand what we're trying to say. Like, I know this sounds aggressive, but really they can fuck off until they understand it. Until you've experienced it, you don't understand it. There's a lot of things that I could say about somebody else in their industry, but I haven't experienced their industry. I don't know the stresses and pressures of that. Just because you sign up to create something doesn't mean you sign up to have your life invaded and taken away from you. That shouldn't be what it is. You should be allowed to choose what you share. And there are people who are okay sharing everything in their lives. And I respect that. But it should be a choice. 
I want you to see my work and my characters. That's what a lot of people get in the industry for. I'm not out here becoming a talk show host because then I would be wanting you to see me. But even then, people deserve privacy. Everyone deserves privacy and to share what they want to share about themselves. They don't think about it. They just say, oh, you have money. You have people that say you're awesome. Just take that and accept it. But really, no, I think I did myself a service by leaving LA. Nothing's ever permanent. If I want to come back one day, I can come back. I'm sure I'll have to work there, which is totally fine. It'll be nice to have my little dose of where I came from. But it's unfortunate that we'd have to leave a city just to not be watched all the time. It's a different mentality. Yeah, I mean, you're watched everywhere, which is crazy, man. I respect and appreciate everything that you just said. I'm curious because at the top of this thing, you said that the conversations are different in town. Townville. Townville. (laughs) This part's confusing to me because surely still in Townville, maybe even more so to some extent, people know who you are. How are the conversations different? LA is a place where everyone is talking about the industry because everyone is trying to be in the industry. I totally respect that because I know how hard it is to get into the industry. And I know they probably came from Townville. And so for them, (laughs) it's a different situation. And look, I know I'm very, very lucky to have achieved a dream that a lot of people have. And I do not take that for granted at all. It's just different where you live. LA is Hollywood. The conversations are centered around Hollywood. When you move somewhere like Townville, people mind their own business a bit more. They'll tell you they like your show, but they'll get to know you in a different way. There are things that are way more important. Yeah. As an outsider, there's this smarmy familiarity in every interaction when I go to Los Angeles, like what you just described. What I have found is that I have a very tiny, small little fraction of notoriety in a very small community, basically. But they have started to treat me in a way that's condescending, that they didn't before I had any of that. And I wonder if you, as someone who has huge notoriety all over the world, do people try to go out of their way to treat you like a real person to show you that they're not impressed by your star? What kind of weird ways do people contort themselves around you? I honestly think it depends on the type of person they are. Some people might be a fan, but they also are not the type of person to feel like they need to do things differently. They're comfortable being like, I really think you're awesome. But that's not all there is about you. But in LA, there's a degree of social climbing and fakeness. That is just what it is. Everyone wants to be your friend. When you are reaching new heights, when you're doing new things, when you're going out and you're paying for the table at the club, everyone wants to be your bestie. They want to know everything about you. They are so interested in your job, but they're also so interested in you. It's always very obvious to me, but at the same time, it's obvious to me because I've grown up in LA. I've experienced things that are a lot different than the average person. You have a radar for it. Yeah. I know pretty quickly when I meet somebody what their intentions are or if I like them or not and why. As you learned how to see, can you tell us about a time or times where you have had to remove adults from your circle? Yeah, I have 100%. I no longer work with somebody that I used to be close to. It's complicated because we kind of grew up in the industry together as kid actors. And I always saw the things that I didn't like about him, but I hoped as he got older, because we both came from complicated backgrounds, that maybe things would change or that I could help. And we were friends on and off for a very long time. I also noticed that during my LA phase, he made me a lot more LA than I wanted to be. The encouragement of the negativity. Mm. Although I never want to say that my bad behavior was on somebody else. It's not. But I think there are people 
people egging the other person on. But as we got older, we had worked together on and off. And I really discovered that I just do not like the person you are. I do not really think you're an honorable person. You told him that? Did you have that actual conversation? I did. I'm a very blunt person. And I said, we will not work together any longer. Our personal relationship is over as well. So you really broke up with this person on a professional and personal level. Yeah. I mean, I had been seeing negative things for a very long time. But you know, when you're friends with someone for a really long time, you really hope that their behavior will change. And unfortunately, this person just did not get it. When you knew it was time to, saying air quotes, break up with this person, was it sort of mid-conversation or were you like, I've been thinking about this, you call them up, you sit down, you like calmly go through it? We had multiple friendship breakups. Oh, really? I'd broken up with this friendship many times. I every time thought that maybe, because he was in the friend group, Uh it was maybe the catalyst for the friend group. Right. Over time, a lot of friends were breaking up with him. I see. People fell off his iceberg and people were gone and were like, I just cannot deal with him anymore. And I have a soft spot for people with complicated backgrounds because I feel like we can overcome a lot of things and we can change negative behaviors. And every time I thought, you know, maybe he'd get a little bit better because I was very blunt with him always. And I would always tell him, you're losing friends. You're fucking up. Change it. Over time, it really started pushing it once we started working together because we hadn't worked together professionally in years. It just became unbearable. I wanted to be absolutely certain. There is really no hope in my opinion for this to change. And I don't really want to keep giving excuses for something that is bad behavior. This was probably my first real aggressive friend and professional breakup because before a lot of friends and I drifted apart. Sure. And I may not have handled it correctly. And this was something where I just wanted to be so abundantly clear because this is a type of person who is not a very truthful person. So I wanted to be absolutely clear that this was done. I'm not doing this with you anymore. So this is absolutely done for good. Are there other relationships that you have quit in that fashion? Well, I don't keep a lot of people around me that I see that way. Right. So this is really somebody that have been grandfathered in. Hang on, I got to do it. Hang on, hang on. I'm ringing a bell because my understanding is grandfathered is not an okay thing to say. Who told you that? Did I just say something bad? Oh, God. No, I think Julie's accidentally saying something bad. I'm saying something bad? What am I saying? Who told you that? I read it somewhere. That one didn't register for me. Okay, I was just curious. That feels like a trigger for Black people that white people invented. Is that a possibility? That feels like some Karen wanted to be the boss Karen in her community. (laughs) So she invented something to chastise the other Karens in her world about saying. So she was like, don't say grandfather because blah, blah, blah. Okay, well, regardless, I was not intending anything negative. And I didn't take anything out of it. Please continue. This person was just there for a long time. But in my life, I don't think I've ever done it so bluntly. But I think as I got older, I started going, I want to set my boundaries with people. Right. If I don't like something someone is doing, I'm going to let them know. I'm not just going to harbor resentment towards them silently. How did you learn how to set boundaries that way? Because I'm still trying to learn how to do that. Therapy. I mean, honestly, there's nice ways to say things and then there's not nice way to say things. Everyone deserves the nice way first, maybe even first two times. And then the third time, it's not that you ever turned it into a not nice way, but it's a very stern way of saying, I have been very kind about it before, and now I'm just not going to tolerate it anymore. So if you keep making these choices, response is going to be non-existent. Ariel, to me, it sounds like you're really building a sense of self from the inside out where 
One was a little bit delivered to you as a child actor. The things around you kind of prop you up. Industry people, family members, whatever it is, it's kind of holding you up. It's external. And the work I hear you talking about now is very internal. And part of it is this big quit, even though you didn't see that. I'm like, wow, that's huge. This big quit of L.A. to go to Townville, just to take it back to a five-year plan. You're wildly talented. I've worked with you. You are reliably great at acting, and you will work for as long as you want to. How are you going to make this portable, this sense of self? And in five years, you're back in L.A. Let's say the pilot you just did gets picked up. It's huge success. Back in the public eye all the time. How do you keep you protected and vulnerable at the same time? Really, my way to make that happen is honestly stay in therapy. I know it's a very simple answer. I don't think it's really going to be about where I am, because even if I have to go back to work, I will then go to work and I will come back to my home base. But really, it's not going to be about where I am. It's going to be about if I continue the work I'm doing. It's really easy to forget what you do when you stop talking about it. Right. And so as long as I keep working on that, I think that'll be what grounds that for me and instills it really aggressively. (laughs) I've always been taught in my life that everyone else's desires for me are more important than mine. And I need to make other people happy over myself. And as I got older, I feel like in some projects I've worked on, I've allowed myself to get walked on so that I don't be considered difficult so that nobody can say anything negative about me other than she was so easy to work with and she did whatever we asked. That's probably not going to change a lot for me because I do want to be as accommodating and helpful. Is there anything that you're doing to really put that sense of self first? No, I need to learn to meditate. I am good at just sitting in a space by myself. I could just sit in a space and do nothing for like three hours. But no, I'm actually trying to figure out things that are best for me to do to relax. Because like I said, I'm only now starting the journey of what do I want? What do I need? And that's important. Right. Yeah. I know 24 is very young, but as I age, because I know that I didn't have the same upbringing in childhood as most everybody else did. I feel like the age really fast. A big realization for me was that I'm not going to be able to go back in time and redo anything. Time is passing. I'm either going to learn to be present in my time or the next day is going to pass again. And I'm going to wake up and go, did I even experience that day? Mm. Before, I never would have thought I would be at that age and still be feeling this way. So it feels like I really started this journey for me really late. I don't want to get to 30 and still not feel healed and still not be able to feel peace within myself. I've always related to you a lot. I had a totally different upbringing than yours. Very traditional family, very traditional parents. But I absolutely put off my finding out who I was. I was all about observing. I was really good observer. Observe, figure out exactly what needs to be said or done, say it or do it, and get out with the least amount of conflict humanly possible. And that is where we intersect. And I did not start trying to figure out who I was or what I needed until probably much later than even you did. And I'm doing okay. So you've got a lot of reason to believe that no matter what kind of bumpy road you came from or emotionally, how many flying buttresses had to hold you up, I believe very, very, very strongly that the Ariel that is coming to light right now, the one that lives in Townville, (laughs) is here to stay. And I'm really grateful that you shared with us all of this today. Yeah. No, thank you. It's funny. I don't know if anybody else would call me a conflict avoider. (laughs) 
I've seen it though. Well, at work, yes. At work, I will avoid every conflict at all costs. Right. In my personal life, if I feel like someone is fucking over my friend, I might text that person and be like, what the fuck? And then like, I've started a conflict that I didn't even need to start, but I just felt like that needed to be started for my friend. Just in case anybody hearing this is like, what a liar. Okay. I definitely am not against conflict unless it's at work. Okay, at work, (laughs) as you go forward, you can bring this new sense of balance and desire for privacy and a really authentic life to every aspect of your life. Thank you. I appreciate it. This is awesome. I love you very much. I love you. I really, truly do. And I'm happy that you live in Townville, but I'm also hoping that you're going to come back for all of your jobs. I think I will. Hopefully this job goes and then I'll be back a lot. But also like, I hope everyone visits me in Townville. I think everyone will love Townville. (laughs) Thank you, Ariel, for joining us. Thank you. Thanks so much. I love you. Townville is cool. Y'all have to visit Townville. Y'all. Thank you, Ariel. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) 